Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a first-hand account of all things secondhand, resale, consignment, vintage, and sustainable, because the future of fashion is nothing new. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am back. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't go anywhere. We're in quarantine still. Uh, back to recording post-Brag Better book launch, and I am joined by my bestie in the Westie, producer Sarah Lane. Hey, Mare. In a world of... Much uncertainty. <laughs> I'm very glad to be glad to be here talking to you. Oh my goodness. So for those of you that don't know that I'm sure I will continue to remind you because the book is literally called Brag Better. You can learn all about it um, in a previous episode and we have a full backlog. We started this project more than a year ago. Uh, so you can listen to all different types of topics. But I wrote a book. It came out June 16th, still continuing to promote it, but was in the thick of it. And so Sarah and I had to take a little break from each other. And now we are back. Yes, we are. And congratulations, by the way. I I, I know it's been received really well, and I know it's a trying time for anybody who <laughs> writes a book and it gets released, but I hope you're happy. I am. It's pretty crazy. I've been working on this concept for a really long time. It's still very surreal. I stare at you know my stack of them on the shelf, and I'm done tons of press, and it's been selling really well. It's just very strange, because it's also a very strange time, but also thank you so much to like the crossover of It Never Gets Old listeners that are also buying and reading or ask for it from your library and buy from an independent bookstore uh brag better that has been really fun there are no consignment tips in the book but uh <laughs> i did wear that outfit i like hemmed and hawed nonstop, and i don't think i talked about this but i freaked out over my headshot outfit and i ended up wearing a five dollar blazer that i got in palm desert uh well very apropos uh exactly and and, and it's a lovely headshot Thank you. Well, so my author photo, uh, which I freaked out about and like had hives on my face the first time. And I think we touched on this in a previous episode. But if not, you know, it's the the photo that goes in the back jacket. And, you know, it, it's a big deal. And I freaked out over my outfit and couldn't find anything and lost my mind and like bought all this stuff and returned all this stuff. 
and I was wearing like brand new, like very, very brand, like new. I, well, they were on sale, but still, I bought a pair of new. That's how much I was freaking out. A pair of new, beautiful shoes that you can't see in the shot, and a five dollar blazer I got at a thrift store when I was in Palm Desert. It was this great like community thrift store. It's like everything in the store is five dollars, and so that's what I ended up wearing. So you know, just goes to show style and money and finding great gems is sort of the point of this podcast. You can do that anywhere and at any level. And I want to talk about what that looks like now, but first, what are you treating yourself to, Sarah? Well, so in a recent episode, in fact, I think it was our second LA uh, episode, doing a deep dive on you know everything that Meredith knows about the LA resale market, you had mentioned uh, fancy sweatpants. And that LA is a great market for that. And you had mentioned a couple of different brands and I didn't know either of them. So, you know, as I do, I go on Poshmark and just kind of see what are we talking about? And I ended up buying a uh, sweatsuit set from The Great, which is like a light pink, which is so not me because I don't even wear pink ever. They are the best sweatpants <laughs> I've ever had. And they're like fit me and they're they're sort of like three quarter inch, you know, they're, they're kind of like capri style bottoms. Um, so they actually work pretty well in this hot weather that we're having in California right now. So thank you for that. Uh, they... They are my world. <laughs> You're welcome, and I'm sorry. Uh, I talk a lot about fancy sweatpants. There's a new, really fancy sweatpant brand that they just got all the right influencers to wear it. You'll notice if you like follow that sort of thing that there are varying influencers that wear a sweatpants set that seems to have like writing, just like small black writing, a small paragraph on the top and bottom. It's this brand called like Pangaya. Pangaya. It's sustainable. Mostly, but it's it's sold out everywhere. It's very funny, um, and now I want them just because I love fancy sweatpants. Unnecessarily expensive sweatpants. You just they you can find them all secondhand. So at least look for that. My treat, of course, is a sweet because I like sweet treats, and um, <laughs> so that's a one point five pound bag that I bought myself of Haribo Star Mix. <laughs> I know Haribo Bears. What's Star Mix? So Haribo, I think I mean everyone. I mean, I called it Haribo forever, but it is Haribo. They are gummies. You definitely have seen them. They have a million different varieties. They have like cherries and frogs and snakes. And I bought a Smurf pack and they have the the best gummy. They're the best gummy bears, in my opinion. They have a million different kinds and the happy colas and probably peach rings and watermelon I don't know the million million billion things you can look um but I don't know I got this 1.5 pound bag which is very large uh and in the star mix is a mixture of the cherries which I really like there's like a lot of surface area I also put them in the refrigerators just so that I can rip out all my fillings and you know cost myself thousands of dollars in dental work and they have these ones that are shaped like diamond rings or something which I think is funny and they have the happy colas which I don't like and then they have some bears in there and some snakes I see. So it's it is it's like a trail mix for Haribo. Yeah, there's nothing healthy about it. There's nothing that you shouldn't take it hiking, or you can, but uh, it's trail mix <laughs> in the sense that it's a fruit salad of gummy sugar. So I am happy. Oh well, I'm glad to hear that. Between my new sweatpants set and your sugar, two happy ladies. Clearly, that is the 
That is the obvious. Well, I didn't buy. So, of course, Supreme, which we haven't even. We can do an episode on Supreme, but Supreme released Supreme Oreos. You told me about that. I'm not sure we Dumb talked about shit. it on the show, but yeah, it's a real dumbest shit I've ever seen. I've seen them on Poshmark resold, and I was like, yeah. And then I thought about buying them, and I was like, girl, you are not that dumb. And I'm like, but I'm. I want an Oreo. I need to. I need to like get them <laughs> so I can see what they taste like. But I don't really care that much. So we're back. As in caught up present time, as in still in Corona, as in black lives matter today and always. But I want to talk about what all of this, particularly the pandemic and this global health emergency and particularly in the United States. If you're an international listener, you probably are able to go around and have a dinner party and see your friends because you social distanced properly and your you know country had maybe firmer guidelines for how to navigate but for us us in America it's still a mess yeah yeah it really is in fact i'm lucky enough to live in an area of california where there's not a, a huge pandemic outbreak however cases are going up um, it's also summer. Uh, you know, we just had a 4th of July weekend and, you know, everyone's on the river uh, near where I live and not practicing any social distancing. <laughs> and there were no masks and, you know, everyone's just kind of hot and in their bathing suits. And, you know, as I drive by, because I'm not participating in any of that, uh, I cringe because, of course, you don't want to wear a mask. It's 90 degrees outside and you're in the river. But you're going to get sick. So there have been uh, quite a few you know, places that I would frequently patronize uh, that are, you know, like cool falafel houses or whatever. And they're all open, but it is a very different world when you go in there. Um, and I would assume that it would be very different for any sort of consignment store as well. Yeah. So I wanted to have this conversation because I think it's important First of all, if you're an American listener, please wear a mask so that we can all go consignment shopping sooner. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are many, many other reasons like not hurting people or yourself or getting sick or, you know, I'm not making light of that in any way. Please wear a mask, please. You can get a mask on Poshmark. There are lots of very cute ones. You can get a, you know, secondhand piece of designer clothing as some people I've seen making uh, masks out of dust bags, what shoes and handbags come in that have like designer labels mm. on them. A listener sent me two adorable handmade face masks. One is made out of a Tory Burch dust bag and one is made out of Golden Goose dust bag, which Golden Goose episode to come. But, you know, just do it so that we can shop, but also so that we can stop killing people. I want to talk about this because... I'm worried for the future of IRL consignment shopping, going to stores. I started this podcast because I have spent 20 years living uh, in these stores, buying and selling clothing, making very close relationships with salespeople, with store owners, with other resale and vintage and consignment fanatics. I mean, things like Poshmark I obviously really like. I sell to the real real. I investigate new platforms all the time. We talk about them. I know Gen Z is very avid users of Depop, but so much of the fun of buying secondhand for me, as well as the hunt, I can wear a size 2 to a 14. Vintage fits differently. For me, it's so much of the experience, and I am worried the longer we let Corona 
ravage America. And I'm curious about abroad secondhand shopping experiences, which I can't do right now. If you're an international listener, like tell us how it is. I'm really worried that that is just going to kill so many businesses and also that experience. And I think it will. I mean, (laughs) I hate to say that, but the small businesses are the ones that are suffering the most. You, you, You can't have people in your shop And you don't have an online presence that you can just switch to magically because in many ways, people didn't want to do it that way. They liked that in-person kind of old school feel, talking to customers, sharing experiences, you know, getting to know each other. You can't do that. You don't have a choice. It really sucks. And if you're someone like me who obviously spends so much time doing this, that has been one of the hardest parts the past four months. Um, I feel like... As someone who has experience working from home and working for herself and likes doing things by herself, I feel very lucky and also so lucky and fortunate that I can have access to food and have, you know, I have an apartment that I can stay in and, you know, I am healthy, knock on all the wood. Like, I'm very, very, very lucky. That's just a fun activity that I do all the time. That's how I score great things. That's how I get to know a city. That's how I get to know people. That's how I, like I talk about how my love language is sending people like vintage t-shirt links on Poshmark because it's true. Like that's, that's something I very much love. Depending on where you live, I'm in Washington, D.C. Things are in varying phases of opening. Things are closing because, again, please wear a mask. Please social distance. Please just for, so that all of us, I mean, it's the biggest group project that we're trying to do and we need everyone to participate. That's sort of what this feels like to me. Um, but I want to talk about some experiences I've had with going to secondhand stores. One that was very disheartening and then one that was a little a little bit less disheartening and sort of I want to get I want you to feel okay doing this. It's obviously, you know, every person's uh, own choice. But I don't know. I want to I want to get started again. Okay, so let's talk about the experiences. What was disheartening about one of them? So the consignment and resale stores have just reopened. So I went to one and it's a resale, not consignment. So the difference between resale and consignment, again, if you're new or just want to hear it again, uh, resale is you're selling your clothes to someone. So they then that you're transferring the ownership and usually the prices are lower Um, because they own the stuff and they want to get rid of it and then consignment something's on loan you still own it and you get more money but it sits there and you don't get any money until someone buys it so one thing that's really hard so please consider i mean some people are shopping right now some people are not please consider supporting your local consignment stores or small consignment stores we did an episode i did an episode on seven really wonderful black owned consignment businesses that you can shop online with links to do so i'm going to interview one of those founders because these stores are really hurting one thing i noticed in both places was if you think about it they they haven't taken anything since march they just started taking again. And by taking, I mean buying. So, right. you know, I walk in the store and it's like this weird time warp. And I, I'm, I'm sure that's true of other like stores that aren't consignment. I mean, they haven't got any of their spring shipments in. The beauty of consignment is not only that you can get stuff for, you know, perhaps a lot cheaper than you'd get it for new, but there's a lot of turnover until there isn't. And that's why I go all the time. Like, 
because there's something new every day. There are new things every day. And I have, I have just like, I can conjure up. I have very good, like secondhand karma slash being in the right place at the right time. Also think because of sheer volume, but that was jarring. So I walked in and I saw shoes that I remember seeing in March in the before times. And this like weird span of time for the past four months when we've been in quarantine, which feels like a lifetime, but also kind of like it didn't happen because, you know, we've been staying at home. That was that was very jarring. So everyone, there's hand sanitizer everywhere. You obviously have to wear a mask to enter as you should. You know, you stay away from people. What was hard right off the bat is I'm friends with all these people and they couldn't recognize me Mm, because it's hard to recognize faces in a mask. And uh, so that was just like overall sad. But obviously that is the that is a small price to pay for the healthcare here. Please do that. So the buyers were behind glass or they're behind plexiglass. One thing that I love about a consignment store is like the more packed, the better. Like, let me get in there and paw around. And you can't really do that anymore. They have to space everything out. I don't know what this is going to mean for these little hole in the wall stores that can't go four months without patrons. And then also have everything you can't be six feet apart there's no six feet to be there's some places in new york city or in in france or just wherever i've been where like two people can't be in like a six can't stay six feet apart yeah i mean you would you would have to have an entirely different store that's all spread out and that's just not reasonable and that's again going back to what are all these people gonna do because we're not out of the woods yeah things are opening but they're also closing in certain areas based on you know infection rates and yeah, the, the idea of, you know, having this like cute little store full of maybe a lot of junk, but some real gems and people love it. You can't do that. I mean, or you can and only one person can be there at a time. Yeah. So that makes it really hard. So again, please consider supporting your local consignment stores. Some of them are doing curbside pickup. Um, some of them have online capabilities. If they don't, you can call if you're friends with them and ask about designers I mean, I'm really worried because I love these tiny hole-in-the-wall cram places. But again, you can't stay properly socially distanced. So that sucks. So I couldn't get near my friends at the consignment store. Um, and I sort of looked through things and I saw something that was had just come in. And it was like a cute camisole by this brand like Cami or something. And they're expensive. And I'd been looking for one. And I was like, oh, it's me and my conjuring of things I want. Slash timing. Slash always being in the stores. And I'm like, oh, hey, can I see that? Um, I want to try it on. And the salesperson said, that has not been sanitized yet. And then I was like, oh, right. Fuck. Yeah. So we have a huge problem. But what they say about Rent the Runway is they're like the biggest dry cleaner on the planet. A lot of the big guys, like, you know, the real, they don't clean stuff. Most places do not clean stuff. That's like sort of the, the point. You, you clean it yourself and bring it appealingly. What are we going to do to clean these things? Now, disclaimer, we are not scientists. We are not virologists. We are not experts on coronavirus. From what I have read, the coronavirus only stays on garments for an hour or two. But this store, their policies, they're taking everything in. They're letting it sit for 24 hours and then they're running it under UV light. So also, how are these small guys going to clean all this stuff? Right. Yeah. I mean, what you described sounds like, okay, take take the appropriate measures, you know, safe, better safe than sorry. But not everybody can do that. I mean, you have a you have a 
piece of clothing that is not even visible or, you know, able to be bought by anybody for that long of a time, that completely changes your business model. Also, I am the queen of you got to look at what just came in and they haven't tagged it yet. There's so many amazing things I've bought where I'm like peeking behind the counter. I'm like, what are those? They're like, oh, they haven't been priced yet. I was like, well, when are you pricing them? Can you price them right now? (laughs) Um, And sometimes they will or they'll call me and then I'll grab it. I mean, that's how some really good stuff happens. It doesn't even hit the floor. Someone spies it behind the desk or in the rack of new things. And I look I always look there first because I know that nobody's seen it yet. So that and I'm like, how are that? You know, how is that going to work? Especially if you've new stuff coming in all the time. I mean, in a perfect world, it all just it self regulates. Right. So everything's going to be a little bit delayed, but it's still going to be, you know, back on the conveyor belt uh, as normal. But Again, it's there's more to it. Well, the other piece was, as I was pointing out this camisole, which hadn't been disinfected yet, I wasn't allowed to try anything on. And I was like, well, wait a minute. And I've, I've talked to a couple of different store owners about this because another friend of mine who's a store owner said, you know, we've been making appointments for buying and we'll have people that are allowed to try things on, but then they might infect the clothes. They might be in the dressing room and sneeze a droplet that they didn't know they were sick and it's a it's a logistical nightmare and i am so worried for all of these small store owners and my friends and also these spaces that i derive so much pleasure from and so many listeners do too and so that was hard as well because as we've discussed we've talked some about sizing and how vintage or things like you got to try stuff on what they were doing was you could buy it and then if it didn't fit you could return it in a day but i mean the volume of sales that they were doing, because I was ready to just buy that thing, like slip it on in the dressing room and just like give them my money and go, couldn't be done for at least 24 hours or longer. And then I also couldn't try it on. Right. So what's the point? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 bad for the consumer. It's bad for obviously the people who are who are running the business and trying to make sales. It's just there's a fun impulse fluidity thing that is just wiped out, at least for the foreseeable future. And how are we all going to get around that? And again, you know, I want to have this conversation because I'm happy to serve as guinea pig for a lot of these experiences because just because there's a pandemic, I can't believe I'm saying this, just because there's a pandemic doesn't mean they won't let me shop. But it's true. Like I, I derive so much pleasure from browsing through things and you know, selling out and swapping out my wardrobe. I was thinking about, too, there have been times where I've bought stuff off of people in a store. Like, I've been in a Buffalo Exchange and they didn't buy something. And I, I remember buying a Supreme sweatshirt off a guy because it had, like, a little stain on it. I was like, I will Venmo you right now. I mean, there's just so much human experience that isn't happening because we can't... Because in that case, we'd be six feet apart. We'd be behind masks. I would think, I don't want to touch anything. I don't, you know, like, you don't know if he doesn't seem sick, but maybe he was around someone else who was around someone else who was sick. So I think it's a really important conversation to have. I want to hear how you're being safe. I want to hear from some store owners, other consumers. But I do want to talk about a different experience that made me very happy. Everyone's just trying to do the best they can. Everyone's trying to reassure shoppers. But it's crazy because the very first episode that we did, and I want to do it again in in more depth, was is consignment gross? And we had gotten past that, but it's is consignment dangerous? Mm -hmm. It's a huge barrier. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. Um, And gross meaning, yeah, is it dirty? You know, is it going to make me sick? And is that 
is the cost savings at all worth that? And, you know, a lot of people would have said in the past, eh, you know, you know what you're getting into. It's, you know, it's fine. You know, if you're weird about it, then just wash it when you get home kind of thing. But it's a different ballgame now. And in many ways, again, to get back to, you know, sort of that small business type thing, they have to take on that because they can't have the liability of of dealing with people who aren't adequately cleaning things and 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 it coming back to them that something bad happened. Well, that's another mess I hadn't even thought about. It's like, what if someone claims they got coronavirus from a garment, which I don't think is going to happen, but you know, is not, is a, is it's a also just something you want to avoid. Oh yeah, obviously. Um, it's also not, not a possibility. Um, and then what do you do in that case forever resale and consignment? The biggest barrier was, was it gross? In our very first episode, I had someone test the bacteria differences, but we weren't testing, you know, there's not, it was not like pandemic proof. I mean, this is such a different time and such a different place and such a different situation that I was like, yeah, it's gross, it's fine, whatever. But if it's giving me pause and it's not, I ended up buying a couple things at another store. I'll talk about that experience because I wasn't going to buy things I couldn't try on. And that was hard because they lost a sale and I, it's, it's hard for everyone. And I want to support these stores and I want to give them my money. And I was selling something. I'd sold them something and I had a card with credit on it. And for the first time ever, I was like, you know, I'll just like look online, which I would never do. They put some of their stuff, you know, on the Instagram or I don't even know how much of an e-commerce they have. But it's there's going to be a huge barrier now. I don't think that exists as much with the big guys. Like there's not really any acknowledgement of that online that I've seen, at least from when I say the big guys, something like the real real. So the real real is still showing you. It's not saying like we have like I'm sure, Sarah, you've gotten an email from every brand ever about like how they're handling cleaning or hotels or hotels or um, I've gotten emails from a million people, but I haven't I haven't heard anything from the real real or from other fashion brands talking about how they're cleaning their stuff. I don't know. I mean, a lot of that goes to spam anyway in my inbox. But but no, I haven't really. I think I think that in many ways, companies, especially the larger companies, just operate because they know that people believe that their stuff is clean. You know, they're not having to prove that all the time. Do they have to now? Maybe. But they didn't have to before. Well, it's also so different when you can't see anyone. I mean, that's the difference between a person and a corporation, obviously. Like a small-owned business is like one reason why there's so such a huge push for small business for so many reasons is I wouldn't have certain friends that I – or this podcast wouldn't exist without small consignment stores before the internet or at the beginning of the internet 20 plus years ago, um, you know, when I was doing this because I wanted to have an activity and talk to some people that like weren't middle school bullies, <laughs> you know, it's like a lot of these small businesses are saving graces and spaces for people. And it is different when you can't see a person because you're not thinking about the cleanliness piece if you're not looking at someone touching something. So I think you can just sort of put that out of your mind. But I do want to talk about a positive experience I had. And we are obviously in the beginning of this, going back to stores. 
I'm sure it will evolve. I care so much, obviously, about small business, small resale business, and I really, really want it to survive for so many reasons because I think it's just such an interesting industry, such an important industry. And we've had a lot of conversations about how much the big online platforms might knock out a lot of these smaller businesses. And I hate that this is just another sort of hit to them. So I went to another consignment store and they let me try things on. Now things were behind, they were behind plexiglass. There was hand sanitizer everywhere, but I could browse the racks and I could try things on. And it felt like pretty woman when (laughs) she goes shopping. And then it also felt like Romy and Michelle watching pretty woman when they're like, I just, I just love it when they let her shop. Did you at any point think, hmm. Should I be touching all this stuff? Should other people, you know, when was the last time it was touched by other people who were also allowed to touch this stuff? Did you feel uncomfortable or did you feel okay? I felt okay. I have been very strict. I live alone, plus Bean. I have been very, very strict with myself for the past four months. I will say, of all my anxieties and worries, I am not a big germaphobe. I mean, this is clear when you know i was 11 and ripping a tag off a cnc california tank top and just putting it on you know a lot of times like i'll buy secondhand stuff and just not wash it and just put it on that's different now i didn't i don't know this this the process of this particular consignment store but i felt it's somewhere i have been going since i was 17 years old and i got to try things on i was wearing a mask everyone was wearing a mask there was behind plexiglass um there was hand sanitizer everywhere And it's this hard thing where at some point, because everybody is ruling themselves, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this because it makes me happy. And then like, I can't sit alone in my apartment till the end of time. So I bought a cute top that I wore for the Strand um, Brag Better Book Talk. And I bought a dress and I was so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I was so happy. So, you know, in that case, I'm sure they're cleaning the, the dressing rooms, but I didn't even think twice. I was like, you're going to let me try it on? Great. And, you know, I did take my mask off in the um, dressing room, which I probably shouldn't have done. I probably won't in the future. Um, But it was a fucking delight. So not all hope is lost. But I do think it's a really important conversation to have. Yeah, totally. And you're right. There are, if you, I don't know, it's like with me and my rag and bone jeans, it's like, I don't need to try things on. Well, I still probably should, but... You know, you know your size, you know your style, good to go. But for the most part, especially with unfamiliar brands or stuff that's just old enough that you need to know how it may have been shaped with whoever has been wearing it before, got to try stuff on. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, again, do your research, do what you're comfortable with. I want to hear, are you going to secondhand stores? Uh, are you holding off? Are you a secondhand store owner that wants to talk about your process and what you're doing and how you might, you know, be coping? But please consider buying from these little guys. I have lots of friends who own stores who are struggling and it has just been a lot. It's a lot for everyone. Everyone's in a strained position, but obviously this is something I care about. So ask them how you can support them. Sometimes, you know, so much of these little guys get traffic from Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Yelp, as we've discussed. So, you know, if you can write a review, if you can post to Instagram, that really like means a lot to them. And a lot of them have gift cards. You can buy gift cards, a lot of restaurants, you know, this is, has been absolutely 
so destructive to the hospitality and restaurant industries that they're selling gift cards. But I want to hear how you're getting back into secondhand shopping IRL. And, you know, the title of this episode, Is This the End of Secondhand Shopping IRL? I hope not. I don't think so. I cannot wait to be crammed into a tiny store full of shit that I am pawing through while we're all breathing on each other in a time, hopefully in the future. You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you will learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, Sarah Lane, links to past episodes. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ingopodcast. Slide into those DMs at ingopodcast or at Meredith Feynman to ask questions. I've been getting lots of fun queries that we're going to answer. Um, And we'll see you soon. Stay safe and wear a damn mask. 